Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I was going to dance my way up then. Aren't you glad the music stopped? Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome to church today. While you're standing, Father God, thank you for your presence here right now. Father, I thank you for revelation flowing where your presence is. There's freedom where your presence is. There's fullness of joy where your presence is. There's healing. Father, thank you for wholeness that you bring through Jesus. And we just agree with what Frank was just saying. Father, thank you for healing taking place in our bodies, in our families, in in our friends' lives. Those that we've already proclaimed healing over. Father, we just thank you for healing. Lord, we thank you for encounters with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for those names that are on the cross. Lord, thank you for those names that are there, written there faithfully and lovingly written. Father, we just ask by your mighty hand that your spirit would just connect, that you would send dreams and visions into these people's lives, that you would cause mighty encounters. Thank you for healing. Thank you for harmony in their bodies. Yeah. Thank you for harmony here right now, unity here right now. The unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Have your way. Have your way, Father. May your kingdom come. May your will be done here, now, in this moment, in this space, in this earth right now. In Jesus' mighty name. We all agree. Amen. Yes. Amen. Make it so. Open up my notes. Grab your seats. Shake hands with someone. Say hello. Be nice. It's people looking around going, who can I shake hands with? How's everyone doing? You look fantastic. Some of you smell amazing too. It was. It is. Wasn't it awesome last week having um, Dan and Rebecca Bates with us? He, he loves our church. They, oh, sorry, both of them do. I shouldn't just say he. Mm-mm. That's because I'm a male and we think we're everything, you know? Yeah. We're not. (laughs) We're not. Sorry to rock your boat there. There is no male or female anymore in Jesus. So there still is, you know, there still is. Don't think you've missed out. There still is. (laughs) Stefan, John Marconi tells me a story earlier on when you guys went to Austria and you went snow skiing for the first time. He, no joke, I have never heard an Italian out of breath from laughing so much that, like I've never heard an Italian out of breath where they couldn't speak any longer. Um, but he just told me the story. Do you want to hear it? They went, they went over to Austria, never been on the snow before, and they head out and they're with this guy who barely spoke any English at all. And he takes them out onto a run, which he said, oh, this is a beginner's run, you'll be fine, go for it. And they're like, no, we can't ski. He thought they could ski, and he was just there to show them the mountain. And so John gets out there and tries to snowplow and um, gets a little while, and he just tumbles down the hill. And he looks back up, and Stefan's just standing there at the top on this flat part. I could be lying, but this is what John told me. And then he said, the guy starts coming down to tend to John, and next thing, Stefan, in a full speed tuck... Just head straight down the hill. <laughs> and John later asked him, why'd you do the tuck? He says, I saw it on TV. I thought it would help. 
he just, he just rocketed down this mountain. And the, all the, the only two English words that I think this guy could speak were, Stefan, stop. <laughs> Stefan hit this mound, groomed at the end, went flying. And as he hit the ground on the other side, just skis and stocks went flying everywhere. Oh, you put minus two on the clock. So does that mean story time over? They just threw up on the clock, minus two minutes. What? All right, good evening. <laughs> no joke, John Marconi was, he could barely talk. He was laughing so much. Oh, I love hearing stories about how we all are human. Yeah. Oh. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower, strong fortress, fortified tower, the word of God says in many times. It just keeps, there is so much in that fortified tower. His name is this thing. No, the righteous says run into it and they are safe. The word safe means whole, complete, not harmed in any way. You're secure. You're safe. It's a it's a great place to be when you, you run into that. I'm, I'm so glad that I've chosen this option in life instead of running into other things, trying to run into finding an answer here and outsourcing my, my health here and outsourcing my understanding there. I run into the name of the Lord. I run into who he is and want to find out more about him. And when you do that, something just happens to your existence. It happens to your mind. It happens to your body even. And I want to talk about the mind aspect this morning. Frank made a statement about how we proclaim things and with our heads, you know, something about that, the, the, the body and the blood of Jesus, your reasoning won't make sense of that. Your intelligence won't make sense of that. But is it really the body of Jesus? Is it really? Jesus said, this is my body, broken for you. He was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the word. It says that um, in John 1, it says Jesus, this is a, the word was with God and the word was God. This is Jesus. He was with God in the beginning. There is nothing that has been made that hasn't been made by him. Or everything was made by him. Now, scientists today are looking for other options because they want to have a human-centric, not a theocentric model. Because if we actually believe that we were designed, then there has to be a designer. But the more we understand, and, and remember last time I spoke, knowledge is doubling rapidly. At the, at the at start of the 1900s, knowledge was doubling every 100 years. By the time we hit 1945, it had doubled again. And they went, wait a minute, this model has now changed. By the time we hit the, the 2000s, they're now saying no. <coughs> knowledge is doubling so rapidly. Every 13 months, knowledge is doubling at the moment. And you might think, yeah, what does that mean to me? It just shows that we don't know anything. Back, uh, it was about 5,000 years before Jesus, there was a library um, built in Hittite country. It was the largest library in ancient times that we'd ever seen. And they thought they had collected all the known information that man had back then. But do you realise that we're not just plucking information and knowledge out of the air. This is God's creation that we are only just starting to understand, with knowledge doubling, and it's going to be down to every 12 to 13 hours now, not months. So knowledge, 
the, the awareness of our community, the awareness of our universe, uh, university, uni, universe, the awareness of our bodies, that all this we're growing in understanding of. I just see that as an outpour of God because this is going to show more and more that we are made by design, that we are on this planet by design. Do you know that there are, there's a telescope down in South America that's pointed at the stars that's been there? It was on a James Bond movie. Anyone remember that big telescope? Thank you, Callum. I see that hand. And um, anyway, they have been pointing this radio telescope out into the stars for decades. And do you know what they've heard? Nothing. As far as we can see, as far as we can project, there is nothing else out there. But we still look because we're a curious thing, aren't we? People, we're curious. We think we can't be alone in the universe. We're not. There is a God, a redemptive God that formed us out of the dust of the earth, put us on this planet and everything that is needed for goodness and for life and for sustenance and for healing and for longevity of life is all here. It's around us. His goodness surrounds us. I love meditating on that sort of stuff. When I have a meal now, I love just going, God, I don't say give thanks at the start of the meal and that's it. I'm an annoying person to sit next to now. I'm like tasting new foods and going, this is so incredible. It's great when Kylie cooks because I just praise her to bits. But there's a meal that I got told about this week that I've never heard of. It's a Greek lemon chicken rice soup. I'm going to try that. Look it up. It sounds really good. It's really easy to prepare and all that. So everyone, lemon chicken rice soup. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. It's got a Greek name. It's all Greek to me. Romans 12.2 says this. This is part of us running in or running into. This is number three in this series. And I didn't start out by going, I think that I'm going to do a series on run in and run into. No, I read this and God just started unpacking and downloading stuff into my life. Because we will run into things in life or we will run into the protection of God. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Say conform. Say transform. You want to conform, not to transform. Conform in its original, in the Greek, right? That you don't have to keep saying all that. You know. Sorry. Thank you. I was just checking if you were listening. Transform, not conform. See, that's how easy it is. Let's be transformed. So conform is to be forced into a mold to look the same as everything else. That's what conform means, to be actually, it, it has the, the um, illustration of clay being put, Play-Doh, into a mould, stuffed in, and then broken open, and there you go. You have a mould, cookie cutter, you know, cut it out, and we're all, cut it out, Stephen. But transform, the word there in the Greek is metamorphos. Metamorphos. Who, who is aware of metamorphos? Yes? Yeah? 88% of insects actually metamorphosize or metamorphose. Um, they change from being hatched as a, out of an egg to into a larval stage and then they transform. Like the monarch butterfly. You seen a monarch butterfly? Beautiful orange and black things that are just beautiful. Um, they start out as this little grub and then they, they eat and eat and eat and eat and they get quite chubby and round. Then they attach themselves to something and form a chrysalis, a cocoon, out of themselves. They don't go and get things like a bird gets a nest. They actually, this just 
starts coming out of them and they sit there and they just pulsate as this chrysalis forms around them. Then it goes smooth and inside there, this grub starts growing legs. It starts growing eyes and, and wings and, and you just think, how? So, but it's going from a low form to a higher form. To transform actually means to change in identity, appearance, and nature completely. It's not conform, stay the same, and be the same as everyone else. Transform is you are totally renewed in appearance, you are totally renewed in nature, and you're totally renewed in the destiny where you're going to go. No longer just hanging around on a little bush. They now fly from way up in America down to South America. They cover thousands of kilometers. No grub's going to do that unless he hides away in a pack somewhere and then you open up your fruit that you get from South uh, North America and you go, there's a grub in here. This grub travelled all those thousands of kilometres. No, but this butterfly can. We are called to be transformed. Not just transformed, but transformed by the renewing of our minds. Wow. So our minds have an incredible influence over our lives. Not only that, the benefit of being transformed by the renewing of our minds in God is the result. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. He's good, he's pleasing, and he's perfect will for our lives, for your lives. Who wants to know the will of God for their life? Then it's easy. But then it's hard. Because everything about this pattern of this world is trying to model you. There's pressures trying to force you and to conform to this pattern of worry, this pattern of selfishness, this pattern of greed. And you might think, but I'm not like that. We are. We don't like to look at this part of our nature, but this is what we end up like when we're left to our own devices without a benchmark of goodness in God, is that we just start making everything about us, about our lifestyles, about convenience, about our selfishness and our greed, and it eventually ends up in envy, ends up in jealousy, ends up in evil. But the kingdom of God is totally different. Oh, my iPad turned off on me. The kingdom of God. So we can conform to the pattern of this world and be pliable and pushed into that form of it, or we can be transformed. You know that there's, there's, um, there's a whole stack of... Oh, well, frogs and toads are all in that metamorphosis thing as well, but the salamanders are. This is what blew me away. There are giant salamanders that they say they miss the evolutionary process of forming... Um, because they, they start off and they metamorphose into a giant salamander, but they never get out of the water. They stay in the water and have gills. Quite profound. They say, oh, that, there's something went wrong in its evolutionary process. Then there are these other ones, which is the, um, the sirens. The, um, they actually form lungs and gills. So they can walk out of the water, and they've only got two little legs. And they just, you know little tail and jump out and they go, wow, look at that. That's proof that the evolutionary process didn't complete. No, this is God making something so creative, making so marvelous that it blows us away because our reasoning goes, nah, that can't just be how it is. 
But it is. God has made each one of us so unique, so perfect. You might not think this, but I'm speaking it over you today. You have been, you have been made and put together so uniquely to reflect an aspect of God's nature that no one else throughout the whole of history has ever done. But me, I'm here today reflecting the goodness of God in the way that he's made me to do it. Oh, giddy up. That is just so profound. It changes my whole way of thinking and meditation. Hmm. Meditation is an interesting thing. It's, it's like Kylie, um, when did you say it? At the end of last one. Oh, it was a really great statement because she said, meditation doesn't come from, what did you say it here? Oh, the 90s and 11s. I just really get it mixed up. Welcome to those people that are here for the 11sies. Um, we are at 11, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yeah. Kylie said med- uh, to, to meditate isn't from an Eastern religion and it's not from a yoga position. And I was like, oh, that is gold. It's not an Eastern religion or a yoga position. Meditation is actually from God. It's interesting, Kylie's been reading these books. The kids bought her a book a while ago um, called Grown and Gathered. It's a couple in Ballarat, and they're just doing everything old-fashioned way, doing slow food, preserving their own fruit and vegetables and everything like that, growing everything in the garden, and they're just saying, this life is just so beautiful. You know, creation's just so perfect. And then they went looking for who was the healthiest on the planet and where longevity is actually played out, where people are living into the 100-year-plus time. And they went looking for what is the healthiest diet. And they found out it doesn't really have a lot to do with your diet as long as you're eating a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables and a little bit of meat and all that. But the primary thing was community. The primary thing was having people around you that supported you, that did life with you and did community. And the only time when they weren't busy doing something and they noticed this in the villages that they went to right around the world was when somebody would sit by themselves and meditate. Not on an iPhone, not on a, you know, not, not in front of the television, I've just got to wind down, but they'd go away and they'd just sit there and they'd ponder life. When was the last time you stopped and just pondered life and, and just started talking with God and asking God, how are we going, God? You know, how, how am I doing? You know, what do you think of me, Father? What, what do you have planned for me? Because when we do these sorts of things, it opens up a world to us that we would otherwise never, ever encounter. We would just be conforming to the pattern of this world, running in the pattern of this world, running in the the selfishness, the greed, the offense, the unforgiveness, but that's not the kingdom of heaven. We've been transformed by the renewing of our mind, transformed and modeling ourselves into what God desires for us. We can run in the pattern of this world or we can run into the name of God. God's name denotes everything about the culture of his kingdom. I love that. He says, I'm the God that heals you. He's our healer. He says, I'm the God that provides for you. He's our provider. I'm the God that gives you peace. He's our peace. I'm the God that gives you joy. He's our joy. In his presence, in in Psalm 16, it says there is joy everlasting That's why we need to make times to get into the presence of God, shift our meditation from the concerns of this world and the pattern of this world onto, Father, what do you have for me? Father, is there more? Is this it? Is this all I've got? No, no. Jesus came that we should have fullness of life. I want to proclaim fullness of life over you right now, fullness of life. 
If you're in Jesus, if you profess that Jesus is Lord of your life, then the avenue of openness to fullness of life is yours. So today I want to just quickly talk about um, our meditation. Is that all right? I've got a few minutes. Giddy up. I love that term, giddy up. Joshua 1.8, keep this book. This is the command that was given to Joshua. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Who can quote scripture? Who's got some favorite scriptures that they like to quote? Yep. Chris. Give it to me. Come on. Yes. Boom. Yes. My dad, he, he loves Philippians 4. You know, oh, look at that, straight away, yep. <laughs> Philippians 4, you know, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know, oh, read it in the Amplified, I will not, I will not, I will not ever let you down, never leave you without a way of escape, never leave you abandoned in any way, shape or form. Love that. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. I remember the first um, scripture that I learned to, I memorised and um, I wanted to memorize a different one, but my teacher said, you're not stay, you're not, it was out of Song of Song. I was a bit of a naughty boy when I was at school, growing up as a teenager. I wanted to quote Song of Songs, but they said, Stephen. So Psalm 1 is the one, blessed is the man that does not stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers or walk in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on that law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. Everything he does prospers. Do you know how many times I've proclaimed that over my life? How many times from when I was 13 years old, I would just say, no, Stephen, this is walking in the council of the ungodly. No, no, this is sitting in the seat of mockers. No, 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 this isn't for you. Your meditation has to be on the law of the Lord. And then delight yourself in that. So I started quoting scripture and, and come on, like, I don't like to make decisions unless I've got a scripture that really backs it up and cements it for me. Because otherwise, I'm moving in presumption of my opinion. And you know what the worst thing about your opinion is? Part of being yours is um, I, can, I have had my opinion changed on me so many times. I've come in very bold. No, no, this is the way it is and the way it should be forevermore. And people go, but what about this? And you go, that's right. Oh, my opinion meant nothing. It was wrong. But the word of God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is what I love about the word of God, is that whenever you apply it in whatever generation, whatever season, whatever century, it's the same. There's freedom in this. So it says here, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. How do you meditate on it during the night when you're asleep? Do you know what? You can I have woken up sometimes singing songs in my head, worship songs. I've woken up and I'm like, wow, I've woken up with a song in my heart and something happening in my head and it's like, it's good. I want to encourage you in that it is good. Read through Psalms, it talks about this all the time. But it says, meditated on, on it day and night, not just finished, so that. I love it when there's a so that. That's a reward for something that you do. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and you will be successful. 
They use two words here, prosperous and successful. These words are so close together. One's like sarkil and sarko. They're both Hebrew words. Prosper means to push forward, to break out. The essence of it is overflow, outpouring. God says this year, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Twice this morning already, Frank says pour out. Kylie said pour out. The songs we're singing, pour out. God has a nature of pouring out his goodness on us. So he will cause us to prosper when we meditate on his word. He will cause us to prosper when we're proclaiming it with our mouth because death and life are in the power of the tongue. To push forward, to break out, to overflow, to pour out, to cause to go over, to be good. It's almost like an anointing thing with the oil, just pouring over. Cause um, an effect to, to make prosperous, to send prosperity, and to make effective your prosperity in everything you do. Wow, that was hard for me to say. But do you get that? This prosper is something about an overflow from God. It's not just from from you and your abilities, but then successful is totally different. The word successful here means a circumspect or an understanding which makes you intelligent. It means wisdom here. It means that you can consider things, have an expert opinion, bring instruction, and also it will cause you to prosper because you'll say, I'll sow well, therefore I will reap well. It, It guides you in how to do things. So not only does it give you wisdom in the decisions you should make and give you steadiness of step in in your as you navigate life, but it also activates the presence of God and the overflow from heaven that he pours out so abundantly on this planet and on your life. You might think, oh, but I don't have that stuff happening. Yes, you do. But you need to change the meditation of your mind and start focusing on it more. Because what happens with us as humans is that if we always focus on the negative all the time, we don't see the good. We never see the good. We only see the lack. Because we're designed like this. I wish it wasn't this case, but this is what we have. I, I can meet with people or, or sit down with someone and go, how you doing? How's your week been? Oh, it's been all right. Can't complain. But there's an atmosphere there that you're just going, you're not in fullness of joy. You're really not, you know, exuding life and fullness of life. And I want to encourage you to change the meditation. Change what you're thinking about all the time. Because when we focus on what we don't have, we don't see what we do have. And God says to actually rejoice, and it says to be glad, and with thanksgiving. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, Philippians 4, Dad, you know, with thanksgiving, prayer, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God and the peace of God. Well, it's a payoff here. The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So when we meditate on the word of God and we activate it in our lives and be careful to do everything that it says, we are prosperous and we are successful. Ooh, okay. I was watching, well, I wasn't watching TV. The TV was on in our house. And I, I was on the phone to someone. Was it you? Someone. Someone important. Shame. Remain nameless, um, but nearly said remain shameless. Yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Phil was on TV, and I'm, I'm working on my computer, and then Dr. Phil's talking to this girl who's really angry and really upset with her mum and, and got broken relationships and disharmony and all this going on in her life. And, and he said, you know what, you need to change the way that you think. And he showed, brought up on the screen this book called Aware. 
Now, this book has been written by Dr. Siegel. No, it's not Stephen Seagull. It's a different Seagull. Do you want to hear something really weird? Yes. Zach does, so you all have to. I was watching this thing on TV during the week, and it was a documentary on... And they were having um, seagull calling competitions. Uh, it was true. And they were bringing up all these people imitating seagulls. Is that where we've risen to? Can anyone do a good seagull? Oh, that was pretty good. I like it when they do the... You know... So anyway, Dr. Seagull wrote this book on awareness. <laughs> yeah, you won't hear any of those sounds in this book unless you've had beans. An in-depth look at the science that underlies meditation's effectiveness on our bodies. This book teaches readers how to harness the power and the principle of where your attention goes, how your neural firing flows, and how neural connections grow. So in our life, we have pathways in our brains, the neural pathways. And this is so, what's so profound about God, how he's made us, that when we get a bad payoff for something in our life, our mind operates in what's called metanoia, Translation, repentance. So when something bad happens in our life, our, body, our mind starts rewiring and hardwiring itself. So it says, let's not do that again. That hurt. That was uncomfortable. That was embarrassing. That was whatever. That wasn't a good payoff. I want to make a better choice next time. So this is all neural pathways. So how do we get neural pathways happening? Well, I was, this guy saying, where you put your attention. And what is Attention. Attention's when you stand up and you give it everything that you've got. Where is your attention going? Because what this book says is what you give attention to will be a dominant influencer in your life. If it's worry, that will be a dominant influencer. If it's holding on to what you've got and making sure you don't lose it, that will be just everything will flow out of that. But if you've got generosity, if you've got love, you've got hope. Because I've sat down and talked with some people and I say, how's your week been? They're going, you wouldn't believe it. I haven't had the best week. It's been an awesome week. It's a different atmosphere from somebody, oh, I don't know, can't complain. And sorry for anyone who that's your go-to response. I'm not having a shot at you. Um, but have you ever been around somebody that their, their thinking is different? The atmosphere of their life is different. They're, they're generous, they're, they're giving, they, they, they're actually happy in themselves and confident in who they are and where they're going and, and what they're called to do. That, that, that affects me, that impacts me in a big way. And the, th the main thing is, is what they are meditating and giving their attention to. Because um, attention produces intention. Your attention goes to something, then you have an intention to do something. And awareness then flows out of that. Are you aware where you're up to? Are you aware of what's happening around your life? Or are you just going along with the conforming and being stamped out and just being modelled, you know, having the model of this world in front of you? I want to encourage you, change your thinking. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Start seeking the Word of God. Start looking for answers in the Word of God instead of going to friends and complaining to them about them. Start looking for answers. Father, I need an answer for this. I need you to speak to me in this. Do you know what will happen? 
he will respond. If you, anyone who seeks me with all their heart, I will be found by them, says God. Does anyone remember that scripture? It says over and over again. So what does it look like to actually change your thinking? Our father is a good dad. Dad. He's a good dad. He really is. He gave us potatoes. Dad. Yes. There's nothing dud about our God. He's a good dad. He only ever desires good things for us. If you start focusing on that, then you realize anything bad that's happening in your life, because most of the time we think if something bad happens, God's, God's hating me at the moment. He's wanting to hurt me. He's wanting to mold me, and he wants to change me. And he's like, no, no, no. It's his kindness that draws us to repentance. It's his goodness that draws us through to his mercy. It's not, it's not a, he's not a judging God. He's a just God. We will face judgment, but he's a just God. He's a good father. He's a God of promises, but he's a God of presence. And when we step out in his promises, his presence is there. He, he's a God of truth and spirit. That's why we must worship him in spirit and in truth, in his promises and then in the presence of his Holy Spirit. Throughout Scripture, it says the witness of the Holy Spirit. He's given us the witness of his Holy Spirit. Daniel Bates said it so well last week when he said, we don't have a feeling that God's here. We have a recognition that we know because our spirit testifies to what we're encountering. And we go, wow, I know this. This is God. That's why we want to have times of soak. So we can brush off the external and get rid of the, you know, just the contamination of this world and come in to where praises he's enthroned. Praises actually brings a unification, it brings a harmony in your life. When you worship God, things change. It's not just another night out, just not another thing on our calendar. It's something that we feel very strongly about bringing out a heart of worship because we are then commanded to, to, when we meet together, to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord and amongst one another, encouraging one another. Who needs encouragement at the moment? I do. And you guys encourage me when you worship God, when you sing, when you... Because this isn't the normal pattern of the world. People would walk in here from outside and just go, what is this? It's not a bad show, but what's the real thing here? The real thing is honouring God with our lives. You know, submitting under God, submitting under the Lordship of Jesus. So what happens is as we follow Jesus, Jesus is walking in front of us. As we follow Jesus, he, he stepped like this. He put his feet in these places. He responded to people certain ways. And as we do that, we not only see benefits to other people's lives in doing that, in being kind... Oh, that's another thing that this guy said about the, um, where our attention goes. He actually says that when we practice awareness and focus our attention in life, it cultivates kind intentions. This is a doctor saying that if we change our thinking, it will actually cultivate kind intentions in our life when you meditate on good things. And not only that, but it says that you'll grow a healthier brain and mind, a more content soul, and your body will be healthier. The scientific evidence is in there saying that if you think well and you think on good things, your mind will be better, your fears and anxieties will be lower, your body will be healthier. Am I selling this to anyone? Yeah. 
Does anyone want to buy it yet? Come on, this is good stuff. This is, and do you know what? God spoke of this through his prophets thousands of years ago. And Dr. Siegel only just wrote a Times bestseller recently. We've had this stuff for ages. I reckon we should be absorbing this and just sinking our teeth in this and saying, God, you got so much goodness for it. Let my knowledge of God double in 12 hours. Let none of the science, let my knowledge, may I understand him more and more. So then as we follow Jesus, we, we begin walking in covenant, following Jesus. We're walking in the covenant, the new covenant, through the blood of Jesus. This is a new covenant with God. And as we walk in that, we start growing in our faith. These steps work. This behavior works. This mindset and attitude works. And then what happens? We start walking not just in the covenant of it. We start walking in the calling and the commission of going to all the world and be my witnesses. In our very behaviour, not just what's coming out our mouth. Because I've seen people proclaim Jesus is the Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. And then I've seen behaviour in their life going, that doesn't look like lordship to me. It looks like you're being lord of your life in this area. I'm the same. Okay, we're all like that a little bit. But stepping into the fullness of what God has for us. Philippians 4, Dad, got it for you again. Finally, brothers and sisters, finally, whatever is true... (laughs) That's the term I use when somebody says, oh, this just happened. I go, finally. My family's so sick of that. (laughs) Finally. Yes. Guess what happened? Oh, finally. It's funny to me. No one else finds that funny? Oh, Callum and Kim bought a house. Finally. See, if I mock you, it's because I love you. That's the way it is. Australians are like that. Whatever is true, I apologise, that was a bit harsh. Whatever is true, I'm so glad you've got a beautiful house. Whatever is noble, wow, noble. That means of of, um, royal descent, coming from a royal place, coming from a kingdom. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable to admire, to hold in esteem, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, excellent in its payoff, excellent in its appearance, excellent and praiseworthy, it says, think about such things. And it goes on to say, and the peace of God will be with you. Whatever is true, whatever is noble. Because I know that there are times in my life where my thoughts run away with me. I don't want to follow them, but they run away with me. And as humans, we all have that. We have fears, we have hurts, we have offenses and things. And you, and you say, why did that happen? Why? And, it, and it, we may never get an answer to that. But the thing is that I know what the Word of God says. And it says that He can make all things work together for good. For those who are in Christ Jesus and are called according to his purposes. You are called called according to God's purposes. You are a lover of Jesus. If you profess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the death, it says that you are saved. You're on that roadway to salvation and wholeness in your life. But we've got to put to death the acts of the sinful nature. We've got to put to death the acts of the flesh and those behaviours that are of our old self. 
Paul put it so well when he said, who can free me from this body of decay that I carry around, these memories and this, this thing that I could meditate on all the time. But he goes, no, praise be to Jesus who has set me free from the law of sin and death. True. What is true? Jesus is true. He is the way, the truth and the life. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Because the sad thing is that we can go to some pretty dark places in our minds, but it doesn't benefit us at all. Some people, you know, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. What does that mean? You know, like you're almost like hedging your bets. It's an opinion thing again. I'm going to hope for the best, but I'm going to prepare for the worst so that I can just go, yeah, yeah, I knew that would happen. No, 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 no. How about... We believe in our heart and don't doubt. We confess with our mouth and don't doubt. Because when we believe, it says all things are possible to those who believe. And God says, and when you ask, don't doubt. Don't doubt. Because whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things. That's why the Word of God is such a great level in this, because it helps us to focus our attention, our intention, and our awareness of everything in life. I love the Word of God. Let's meditate on it together. Not right now, we're finishing up now, but let's meditate on it. Who has an app on their phone that has the Bible? Yeah, pretty well everyone. Have you, have you got like a voice that you can play on there? Like, I'm loving this at the moment because I can just set this guy playing. He's got a lovely British accent and he just reads the Bible to me and I get revelation flowing. If I'm in the car, I'll press it. I get into the shower and I turn my Bible on and I'm like, wow, reading the Bible. Well, not really, listening to the Bible. But faith comes by hearing. It activates things. It starts new neural processes in your life and it activates you towards the kingdom of God. You start being transformed, not conformed. Do you want to stand with me? This world is so good. I love the planet that we're living on. We're pretty sure at this point we're the only ones around. There's no other planets out there, or if they do, they don't have intelligent life on them or life at all. Because when you read Scripture, it tells us that the celestial beings and the stars and the planets were put there for us to glory at. They were put there after the earth was put here and established. God put them there for us, so He didn't put life on other planets. He put life here and made us in His image. This is so special and unique. Humans aren't ruining this planet. Because <laughs> that, that just blows me away because then you start hating humans. You're the reason the planet's going. You're the reason. And then you start hating yourself. I'm part of the problem. I'm the one ruining the planet. No, no, no. If we only got rid of humans, then this planet would be safe and secure. No, God saw that this planet needed people to till the soil, to work it, and to actually be good stewards of it. And that's what we're called to do. Not just be good stewards of the planet, but be good stewards of the earth that God has given us. We're molded out of earth. Let's be good stewards of that. Father, I just thank you for your word right now. I thank you for your word that is able. It's a two-edged sword. 
you tell us, and, it, and it's able to cut and divide between soul and spirit. And I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you've been speaking to people and changing perspectives. You've been bringing things to the fore that, that maybe are concerns or, or things that you're just talking to us about to adjust and to realign and for us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Holy Spirit, right now, I just ask that you would continue to nurture, counsel, comfort each individual here, each family here, each marriage here, each generation that is here right now. Father, I thank you that your spirit witnesses with our spirit and shows us the truth, shows us what is excellent, what is right and what is praiseworthy. And it aligns with your word. You're a God of truth and spirit. Holy Spirit, continue to cause us and help us, assist us as the counsellor to adjust our thoughts, remind us of the teachings of Jesus so that we can walk into the fullness of God's will for our life, His good, pleasing and perfect will. I thank you for thought patterns changing this week. I thank you for meditation during the night changing this week. Thank you for thought processes during the day and the meditation of the day changing this week. I thank you for a transformation taking place this week, taking place even now in the name of Jesus. For mindsets to be altered and renewed, for lives to be transformed. And thank you, Father. You showed us so long ago that meditation helps us in our body, in our soul and in our, in our mind. And it benefits our spirit greatly. Thank you for faith growing. As people take steps of faith this week. Lord, I thank you that you're always there. You're always faithful. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You never abandon us. You never leave us without a way of escape. I don't know where everyone's up to today, where your walk with Jesus is at. Are you following Jesus? The best way to know is, is he in front of you? Is he... Is he actually, are you stepping in his footsteps after him? This is a great alignment in my life because the Word of God talks about the Lordship of Jesus. And the easiest and simplest way of doing this is just saying, Jesus, I give you my life. If you need to do that right now, just to realign, because sometimes when we take the reins and we try and head off in our own direction and according to our opinions and desires, we, we take steps and we head off doing things but when we yield to the Lordship of Jesus we allow the, the witness of His Spirit, we unleash the, the incredible providence and favour and healing of God in our life we understand things differently, Father I thank you right now for people that are making that choice to recommit or to commit their life to Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus Christ not only are you an awesome saviour, but you are an awesome Lord to have. You modelled life so well, Jesus, that you modelled it for our benefit. When we remember you, we don't just remember your death. We remember your life, your teachings, your behaviour, your words, your attitudes, and your atmosphere. Thank you for atmospheres changing in homes. Thank you for darkness being lifted. Thank you for cleansing and washing us clean, our minds clean, our souls clean. 
Thank you, Father, that you renew our spirit, cause us to rise up. Father, I just proclaim favour, blessing, providence, healing, unity, destiny, your destiny, your will over each life here. If you agree with that, just say, yes, Father, I want that for my life. Yes, Dad, your way is the best way. Have your way in me. Your kingdom come. Your will done. Jesus. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.